was so aggressive. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good brew. What is it? Is it dark roast or? Uh, it's just like freaking nabob. That's all we can afford here. Yeah. You think Charles shells out for dark roast? Yeah, I heard not in this office. He likes that East African Spanish roast, but whatever. Mm. I go, oh no, he, I bet that's the stuff he keeps in his office for sure. Yeah, he's got like a million kinds of coffee up there. Petit bourgeois, uh, brutal. Yeah. Anyways, Great, très grand bourgeois. This is. This is Left Look, it's a premier independent podcast from the Gatto Institute. We'll be taking a look at Indian and international arts, cultural entertainment, provided with an unbiased life perspective. Let's see the independent podcast par excellence to the Institute Gatto. We're new examiner all the arts, the culture, the difference between Canadian international, but from perspective and partiality ghost. Nice. Nice. Um, Julian, I, 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 I'm kind of lost here. I'm a little, my, I'm still kind of hazy from my sip of coffee. Um, yeah, what's up, man? Do you know what day it is? Right. Uh, yeah, today for us is uh, it's August Sunday, August sixth. Uh-huh. For you, the listener, it's it's Sunday, the thirteenth. Ooh, that's probably double the commitment. At least you're telling the day and the day that you're putting it out on air, and now you're like hell yeah. to the audience. That's good. That's good. Well, yeah, or maybe maybe it's Thursday. I don't remember. It'll you're somewhere between the tenth and the thirteenth for sure. No <laughs> way. <laughs> It's already soft. It's already. <laughs> he slides down the hill gracefully. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Here's here's the thing. I gotta talk. I gotta talk. Um, uploads here for a minute. Oh. So this the this, tech the tech world. Yeah. If only well, we had a stinger really. for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Upload talk. Nice. Uh, it's upload week this week. Which means I'm I finally caught up on all the editing that I'm obliged to do. Nice. Um, and over this week, it's going to be a great week for you, Jacob. Everything's already slated uh, to come out. Our unnamed friend from the other week he uh, he listens to them all. He's real excited. Okay, that's good. Yeah, our ravenous fan him, base will be thrilled. Yeah, thousands of people. I'm, well, I'm glad you said that. No way, because <laughs> the last time I think. This upload strategy of me just like putting it off for a month and then putting up five episodes in a row. I think that drives engagement really well. I think so too. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, let's go to stats here. If it's in the several thousands, I'm going to go dance for joy and we're going to have to record next week. It's not that high. Okay, good. But in July, so last upload week was like early July. In mm-hmm. July, we did 121 downloads, which is a lot. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm scrubbing these numbers here. These aren't really what we do with the Gatou Institute. We do a lot more than this. But, you know, this is. We do millions. That was in, yeah. that was in 121 <laughs> millions of people. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I thought it was just our, our local figure. That, uh, most of our traffic comes from the other shows down the hall. That's great, though. Uh we, that is true. We've got five five star reviews on Spotify now too. So that's wow. a, do we? Yeah. <laughs> I think there might have also been a comment on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if oof. you watch that, Jacob, but it looked human. Somebody was asking for a PDF of the thing you read. I think. Oh yeah, I can find that for them. I didn't actually open it, but this comment was like from three months ago. I'm gonna go. Person's dead that... now. Who's like, please, I need this PDF, or I'm gonna <laughs> die. They're gonna execute it's for me. a project. It's due tomorrow. <laughs> um. Yeah, engagement's good, and I think after this upload week, we'll have a lot more engagement. Yeah, you, but this is the last upload week because we're getting on the ball. We might, I'm getting on the ball. We might even have a real audience someday. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Um, it would be crazy. 
God, to be lifted out of poverty by fucking the inanity of my own voice. What a dream. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, I don't think we did our introductions this week. I, I, I'm Jacob. This is uh, Brother Julian. How you doing? Hi, Brother Jacob. And Brother DJ. Hello. Sorry. I just, I hate when podcasts Howdy. just launch into it and they don't, you know, say who's who and then you're just kind of stuck being like that's the deep voiced autistic one that's the nice one and that's the uh the guy who uploads everything yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh but anyways uh you know welcome to left look uh don't know what we want to start with this week you want to start with the big news the or do you want to start with something a little more uh playful i i have an apology oh yeah apologies the apology segment must always come first yeah. yeah, I love oh, talking yeah. about Apollo, uh, one of my favorite gods. <laughs> Just hanging out, chariot in the sky. What a, what a straight up G. Not like that is Zeus the god guy. Is he the god of race cars? Uh, that Apollo? Medicine and music. And race cars. Yeah. Oh, okay. And race cars. And also, what's it called? Uh, uh, when you see into the future. Um, Foresight. Thank you. Mm. Uh, that's not what they no, call No, I want to apologize. Because one of the episodes, it might be out today or tomorrow, or maybe it's later in the it's week. It's out. Um, I, the Parallax Review? Oh. No, I'm not apologizing for the, that one. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to apologize for you afterwards then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I already apologized for what I wanted to apologize for. It's in the episode description. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Parallax View, it's a movie we talk about. There's a review coming up. I accidentally recorded my part on my fucking webcam microphone, so everything sounds like garbage, and I'm so mad about it. <laughs> Brutal. You can hear my HVAC click on like 20 minutes from the end, and it just stays on throughout the rest of the episode. Brutal. <laughs> it is rough. That's going to be locked I content, the, I think. I love the movie so much, and I was so excited to talk about it, and then I just fucking yeah. garble myself with a toaster plugged into my computer. That does hurt. That do be hurting. That's the way. Yeah. That's the way the webcam crumbles. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everybody. Yeah, I, I th- in the future. I think that was so uh, awful that I'll I'll let you go on your transphobia from the other week too. I'm not transphobic. <laughs> uh, tech, but he is racist. Technically, I'm not afraid of them. That's funny, but technically, we're <laughs> all transphobic according to the literature because we're like unwilling to date one. Basically, is where I see. I would have. Discourse. I, I think if I was born now, I would probably be more likely to because of the acceptance of the younger generation, you know, the the less of a, a bullying attitude about it. But I, my sexuality is fully formed now. I just, I find it icky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a penis. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways. Um... <laughs> So that's your apology for Julian being transphobic and then me being even more transphobic with it. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, you know, the comparison makes whatever Julian said just it doesn't Fucking matter Fucking stupid. Yeah, I'm just an idiot. I don't know why I opened my mouth. Um... <laughs> so you can well, okay. get the ad Look, revenue. How else are you going to Backing up a minute, though. It's not like you've ever declined to date a trans person. Yes, I have. Right? It's not like Absolutely, you... I have. Oh. You ever been on a dating app? Oh, I don't think that counts. That counts. <laughs> you you didn't meet somebody and go, actually, no, sorry. I'm not interested because you're trans. Uh, done. Yeah. 
Uh, you declined so many people on Tinder to begin with. No, but the way I operate uh, dating apps is because I have such a low success rate. I view it as fishing with a net, and I just swipe right, and whatever comes in, comes in. It's like the daily catch. And sometimes I do I get trans people, and then I, I, be, I have to be like, oh, I'm uninterested. That sucks, you know? Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> so that All is right. shitty. All that right. is uh, that is transphobia. I am the worst of us. Um. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, I wouldn't go that far either because then it's personal preference. It's not really transphobia, but whatever. We should probably move on. No, uh, let's continue to destroy our reputations on this hill, Julian. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. I'm waiting. <laughs> I want to. I mean, I want to talk about the Trudeau divorce. So okay. let's move on. All right. It's, it's All right. enough tarnishing ours with our own bigotry. Um, yeah, our own short. We're learning, everybody. We're learning. Yeah. We're not communists. We're socialists. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a defense. <laughs> no, it's not. It was a joke. Um, anyways, the Trudeau divorce. You guys heard about this? Uh, just a little bit. Just that it's happening. Yeah, he's not dating Lizzo anymore. <laughs> Why you blow my lead like that? That's so funny, though. <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought it was one bit. Um, yeah, so... Our prime minister in here in Canada, Justin Trudeau, has uh, announced that he's separating from his wife. And uh, the f- way I wanted to open this bit is by saying that my in-law, my – what's – in-law is the wrong word. My sister's uh, fiancé's dad. Yeah, that's an in-law. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Anyways, he said that he heard about the – that the Trudeaus were getting divorced about a year and a half ago. And I was like, nah, I'd have heard about that big chief. and. Mm. Anyways, it happened, so I was wrong about that. And the conservatives obviously have some access to some, uh, what's it called, gossip that I do not. Well, that's, maybe. That's shit. Maybe they just say shit. Maybe they got lucky. Like do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, either way, I, uh, I want to make the case that it's not political news, basically, at all. And uh, to make that case, I will first just argue that anybody who would have would change their vote uh, because of a separation is already not voting liberal. You know what I mean? They're already mm. a, an extreme conservative or maybe even a PPC or a, a Christian heritage party even, right? Like the uh, religious background that you would need to care about a, a separation in your leaders, uh, a separation in your leader's family, it just doesn't exist, right? I mean, I feel like it'll cost them a couple votes and I would love to meet those people. Yeah, I, what's it called? I wouldn't. Me neither. People that have been with him, like liberal voters who've been with him for the last 10 years, yeah. and then he gets divorced and like, actually, you know what? That's the last straw. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyways, Lizzo was also in the news this week, and I want to argue that the Lizzo uh, controversy was bigger than the prime minister divorce politically, and that will cement the uh, fact how little this divorce means politically, I think, and that's that's a funny yeah. bit. Uh, but anyways, uh. Lizzo was in the news, apparently, because she was... Uh, caught other or quoted i don't even i don't even know what the whole controversy is but apparently she was giving shit to her background dancers for not uh staying in shape and there was this one background dancer who i i saw give their testimony and she said that she was suffering through an uh uh an eating disorder and she was having like troubles in her personal life and that lizzo was like don't take the shine off me basically right and then uh Mm -hmm. 
so the conservatives have snapped this up and that's how i'm uh, gonna argue that it's more politically important right because obviously this doesn't matter who gives a fuck what lizzo does right but right. uh that the conservatives have snapped uh, something like that up and that they're so willing to uh um, make it a political moment to try and uh, shame somebody who's the star of a, basically the liberal verse, right? She, uh, uh, she's an empowered, bigger woman who's black, right? There, there doesn't come a more social justice warrior uh, internet phenomenon, basically in in uh, in the ideal, right? Not trying to mm. reduce her in any way, but uh, because they make this uh, such a political moment and because they want to be like, see that they're all just hypocrites and the liberals are all just out to, uh, you know, make money and use you and that this trans ideology is to, uh, you know, pervert our kids so that they can even make more money and it's just like, damn, that's that's pretty gross, right? And so you mm -hmm. can say that uh, Lizzo being mad at her fucking background dancer is more politically important than justin trudeau's split because it is an argument that we must engage in whereas we just don't have to with the, uh, the justin trudeau divorce yeah anyways that's the end. politics is culture politics is downstream Cultures. of culture right no i think they were the same thing now yeah they yeah. they flowed I'm, into the same river culture changes politics uh you know, politics doesn't change culture. Culture changes politics, though. No, they're just one and the same thing. I'm not going to elaborate on that. Yeah, okay. Because I'm just stealing it from Matt Christmas. <laughs> you know, and now the I. The amount of times here. that you bring up Matt Christman is getting a little disturbing, Julian. It, anyway. You know what? And, it, I shouldn't have done it there, but I'm stealing ideas. And, so. <laughs> anyways, I'd like to turn to our next bit, which is me and Julian talking about a Matt Christman bit. <laughs> That was on, oh, yeah. on Chapo Trap House this week. And so I can't spit it out just yet. You can't? No, I mean like we can't stop talking about Chapo Trap House just No. Yet. We're going to. Eventually. You know, but like right now they're in a for DJ's sake. They're an obsession of us. No, I'm just gonna keep pushing until he breaks down and listens to a couple of episodes. <laughs> I don't worry. I know, you're you're <laughs> made of stone. Um I'm but an obstinate being. Matt Kreisman was the uh, complete focus of a teaser of episode 750 of the recent Chapo Trap House, the, re the way they did 750? Yes. <laughs> they release twice a week, twice a week. <sighs> and sometimes special episodes, too. And then and they you do... two are caught up? I, I'm not caught no. up. I listen to a couple hundred, I want to say, though. Like, Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, Over here praying. Praising my ADHD. <laughs> No, go on. I'll, I'll just blow bubbles in my water or something. <laughs> uh, Matt Kreisman makes the bit that it's hopeless, basically, right? And that um, the Democratic establishment is... Stop blowing the bubbles. You're so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Matt, Matt Kreisman makes the uh, argument that all the hubbubaloo about uh, Donald Trump being a direct threat to fat... Sorry, direct threat to democracy because he's such a fascist and he almost cooed everybody last time. Uh, and that because if they actually cared that they would try and put someone up who could beat Joe Biden, you know what I mean? And that because uh, they don't, that means they don't care. And it's uh, the Democratic Party is not a party and everything's hopeless is basically where he ends it. And anyways, I just wanted to critique uh, Matt Kreisman because Matt Kreisman himself has the power to become, you know, to do something. Like if he just started picking districts and taking applications and parachuting people in and then on air being like, this week we're supporting this person on Patreon for a, 
uh, you know, Democratic candidate for whatever, or independent uh, candidate uh, for the Chapo Trap House party, right? They actually have the pull to actually just start making things happen. And they don't do anything. They just continue making millions of dollars off their fucking comedy career. And they're fucking, uh, you know, they're uh, living it up. Yeah. I think you kind of overestimate the reach of the show a little bit. How many people listen to it? I think it's hundreds of thousands. On Patreon? Not Patreon, but if it's hundreds of thousands who are, of people who are listening to it, right? Yeah, but those aren't people that are going to move their hands or feet to do anything. They don't need to move their hands or just feet. Just consuming entertainment. You need to take <laughs> you need to pluck one of those people out of the crowd who is mildly professional and has a like an okay resume, right? And you need to give them $10,000 so that they can go post signs and work their ass off for 3 weeks trying to win a fucking election, right? And it's a gamble, maybe you lose $10,000, but your chapo trap house, you can lose $10,000, you know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, what if they want? Maybe. Yeah, and what if? No, no, no. Carry on. If they want, if they won, then uh, then that's oh, the first won. domino, right? Then what if you had a party of thirty or forty representatives over several states? You could start winning contracts for think tanks that Chapo Trap House has developed, right? And start really <laughs> grinding into the fucking institutions, right? Admit yeah. defeat is such a a pussy thing to do, right? Like. Why not fight? You have the resources. You have been plucked by the the uh, the gods of the algorithm to have the chance to fight. But anyways, that's the end of my bit on it. Hey, DJ, carry us for a minute here. Um, I don't really know how I feel about having somebody who runs a podcast as like political leader. <laughs> that's a, they don't have I, to succeed. I, I, I and it, just, would, mm. it would quickly supersede them too, and Chapo Trapos could function as any other corporate entity, which has a board of directors and elects that's got a, a president. Vibe, though, dude, there's no other way to do things. That's a, that's the 500 years ago they figured out this is the best way to do things. Uh, I don't know, like pitchforks. Uh, and then we know. all that worked, start. That worked in the 1900s. Come on. Let's give it a shot again. I think we just gave up too easily. I think that's the problem. Maybe in the 1800s. In the 1900s, they started putting down strikes with shotguns and shit. Like yeah, and then and then the pitchforks started getting hurled. Right? They weren't just holding them; they started throwing them back. Yeah, and, and then, then they stole the shotguns, and, and then, then they stormed the royal palace, <laughs> and then they killed the royal guard, and then they killed the czar, and the, uh, the Americans dropped bombs from planes on striking workers one time. Yeah. Well, just got to throw the pitchforks at the planes. <laughs> An anti-aircraft battery with pitchforks coming out of it. That's fucking yeah. great. The, the weaponry of the common masses. Anyways, Julian, I was hoping you'd do a response so we could leave it behind so we don't get stuck in it. You know what I mean? Well, I just wanted to get the actual numbers in front of me here to see what Chapo Trapos actually does pull in through Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I, The closest number I saw was about $180,000 a month. 180 is that enough to do anything politically with how much is it a year no well, multiply well, just that over 12, a million yeah how much do you well, need to survive taxes. for the rest of your life you know less than that i mean yeah they've already kinda... made millions right they've already made millions yeah. and then they that's not their only source of income they do the live shows they do the the touring they have subsidiaries and relationships with other people like yeah but even i don't know if even millions of dollars is enough to move things politically oh yes it is you just got to be uh what's it called (laughs) 
wise with your pennies. You know what I mean? The pe- bi- right. billionaires get to be foolish with their cash, right? You press the pressure point here or the pressure point there, the whole system will shut down. Like, I mean, I'm into it. I love the idea of a dirtbag left political movement yeah. instead of just entertainment. But I don't know. And like they're serious enough to maintain an actual political movement, right? They just have to set up a constitution and like a, a, a couple founding documents and then just you know whenever things are serious touch a little hammer to the desk and be like okay it's serious we're talking right now and then when it's over we can (laughs) go back to being shitbags like we love to be right like (laughs) but anyways yeah i don't know something to chew on yeah but what i think they should do first though is uh grow the movement like because uh politics uh in the united states is so limited so 19th sorry so 20th century it's limited to the united states right what if you started uh funding candidates in the commonwealth right that are super leftist and their fucking agenda is to uh join the united states as uh, as new states right and then all of a sudden you have supranational power like an international corporation you know i mean the ability to uh, block trade and resources and things like that it's it's one jump away they already made the first impossible jump to being a successful leftist podcast right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but anyways that's all i've got all right um yeah, so I was hoping next we would talk about the, uh, what's it called? The revolution, want, the coup. You want a stinger? Yes. Yeah, the, sure, yeah. We're going to talk about the country of... He's been so excited ever since I posted the first Niger uh, article in the... Uh, in the group chat, I could feel it. Yeah. It was radiating from him. <laughs> he's going to be out here sounding like Morse code today. Uh-huh. It's sending me right back to elementary school. Yeah. No, you're from. So So what's going on in? Uh, West in West Africa is where uh, our story takes place because Niger is unfortunately not a great enough setting to contain it all. And, oh. uh, so, but basically what I'm going to answer the uh, question with is most directly is I have no fucking clue what's happening, mm-hmm. but I, I have some sense. So I'm going to give you what I do know. And so there was a, ah. there was a coup of a president in Niger who was elected in 2021. He's mm-hmm. been overthrown by military and far right people. That's what, that's where it is. Right. Right. There are, are two other countries in what is called the community of West African nations. Mm-hmm. which are basically a subsidiary of the uh, of the French Empire, the French neocolonial empire. We've said here on Left Look how the French uh, enforce on their old colonial subjects uh, certain, I don't know, deals with them so that uh, it can maintain its own hegemony and primacy. And then also it... Uh, doesn't it keeps it out of its own interest to just fuck these places up as a way of preventing them from becoming you know stable and prosperous and things like that and therefore a threat and so france basically owns west africa and this community of nations they have uh they have restrictions like they have to have military bases throughout the place they have uh 25 of their gold reserves have to be in paris right like just tons of stuff uh all the uranium goes to uh, France, all the gold, like all the special stuff that they can get from there. Brutal. But, 
there are two nations who are not in compliance right now, or there was until last week. Uh, now there are three. There are two nations who are not in compliance with the community of West African nations, which, you know, what does the fuck does that mean? They have also been cooed. They're also under right wing. Uh, they're also under right wing control and they're Burkina Faso and Mali, right? Mm -hmm. Ma Great names for countries, by the way. Mali, I, uh, I don't know when they turned... Uh, dictatorial, but I do know in 2012 the French did something called Operation Serval there, and uh, they landed like th 3,000 French troops and supported by a bunch of coalition West African countries and and destroyed a bunch of uh, Islamic terrorists in the uh, in the northeast of the country and then also mm. instituted their own will throughout the rest of the country, right? And wow. so they're the French are there, they're. They're there and they're controlling things. And then now that this coup has happened in Niger, uh, today there was a deadline. And the deadline says unless the, uh, the, the president, I can't remember his name. It's like Babu or Bamu or something like mm. that. Um, he has to be released by the coup leaders or the country surrounding in the West African nations will uh, be free to use military force to uh, reinstitute to the government or something like that. But... Yeah. Then Burkina Faso and Mali, the two countries that had already been cooed, announced that they would see any uh, attempt to uh, overturn the coup in Mali, sorry, in call coup in Niger, as uh, a declaration of war against them. And so there might be like a World War II style fucking event in West Africa here any day with like millions and millions dead. And we just don't know. Hopefully it all just kind of works out and these coup leaders back down and. This, this president is reinstituted, but like it is hot over there right now. Dang. Yeah. So we're talking about five countries in total. Did 13? I get that right? 13, 13. I think is the community of West African nations. It's every country oh. in West Africa that France used to own plus Nigeria, which we okay. used to own the Brits. Um, anyways, uh, and the, it's the most, you know, densely resource-rich place on the planet, basically, for anything you could want to get that's uh, valuable and hard to get. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I, yeah, I just don't know what to make of it. I, uh, I think that's my hope, that everything just kind of chills out. But, like, at the same time, these places have the right to self-determination, right? Like, if they, uh, if they coup, that's their business, basically, right? The president fucked up. That's... But they shouldn't be launching troops over the border or over something like that, at least. Not until there's yeah. a threat of a genocide or something like that. I think it's another, it's an interesting, like, microcosm of the conflict between the United States and China. That's a great way to see it. And I was talking, like, if, go ahead. If the, if the war in Ukraine is the first battle of the Third World War, then I think this is the second battle on the horizon. Yeah, Africa will definitely be the great front, right? But I always thought it would be East Africa to be in West Africa. That's very interesting, right? And I, mm -hmm. I made the, uh, the, what's it called? The prediction that uh, French would uh, separate themselves from NATO in the event of war with China because that's how I saw the front shaking out. That France uh, had uh, West Africa to itself to maintain its resources supply. And that we would fight them in East Africa and then the South China Sea and then the Russians in Ukraine and East Europe as well, right? Mm -hmm. And that, but if the front lines are shifting because of like in political instability within the French Empire, maybe the Chinese can 
I don't know, put some kind of coalition together there. They, they haven't right now. They're not to blame for this or anything right now. But this kind of instability, while there is always, while there is already this kind of like showdown going on between hegemons is scary. You know what I mean, it, it, it provides yeah. too many opportunities to too many middlemen. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, definitely, definitely spooky to see what's happening over there. But, uh, yeah, I bet it all just works out though. I, uh, it's a nobody's <laughs> it, the the Americans and the French run that place pretty tightly, meaning West Africa, and uh, it's yeah. it's in neither of their interests for a fucking world war style conflict to break out. Like Europe is tech, uh, is about the size of West Africa, right? You could see a conflict on that scale. I'm not like fucking around when I say that. Anyways. What do you, yeah. what do you mean by everything works out? Uh, this the president will be reinstituted or. Uh, he'll have to uh, appoint a successor or something like that. And uh, everyone will just back down. And these Mali and Burkina Faso people will go back to minding their own business. They're too small to do anything, Mali and Burkina Faso, right? They need a, a, a real country like Niger and then the ability to get to the coast pretty quickly after that too. Because hmm. once you're yeah. shut off and by sanctions and stuff like that, you have to make and produce and harvest everything within your own borders. And that's fucking hard in a modern economy. Yeah. And that this is all to say nothing of the the shooting conflicts going on in Africa right now that we are just not following. Yeah, Rwanda, like just lots of conflicts going on. Uh, Ethiopia is, I think, done fighting now. I'm, I can't even follow it anymore. It, it, it's become yeah. so complicated. And it, it, there are so many... Uh, different ethnic groups in Ethiopia that make that state up, right? Like, I think it's like 15. Mm. I don't know what the Italians were thinking trying to conquer that place. You'd never have hold on to that place. <laughs> uh, there's a reason they, the British didn't, <laughs> in fact. They never got Ethiopia. No, they, they did. didn't. <laughs> um, for like a year. <laughs> and, uh, doesn't count. Doesn't count. They never got Thailand. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, actually, I saw a video this last week that made me really regret my prediction of war with China in 2025 because it was a, a, a plan uh, uh, that Taiwan could adopt that is a non-nuclear strategic threat to China, and that's to launch a bunch of cruise missiles at the Three Gorges Dam along mm. the, uh, the Southern River. I can never keep them straight, the Yellow and the Yangtze. I think it's the Yangtze that's on the south, right? I don't remember. I thought Yangtze was just Chinese for yellow. No, there's two rivers. There's two major rivers, the Yellow oh. River and the Yangtze. Um, there's a third one, actually, but it's not as long. It's not one of the big ones. <laughs> it's it's very it's very wide. It's just not as long. Um, anyways, uh, the Three Gorges Dam is massive, right? And uh, if they mm -hmm. hit, hit it with enough cruise missiles, the the show that I was watching, it's called the Caspian report. He just does political analysis. And, uh, he said that there is predictions of up to 400 million deaths and uh, something like that because of the wiping out of the ability to harvest rice along its mm -hmm. most rice rich, uh, corridors. And also the flooding of three major cities, Wuhan, Nanking, and, uh, Shanghai, Nanjing, mm -hmm. Nanking, whatever. I'm not saying it right either way if I'm talking to a Chinese person, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, wait. No, never mind. What? No. Was, no. It was racist, wasn't it? No, I was going to ask if that was the city that got raped, but I didn't feel 
confident in asking that. <laughs> now let's not answer it and just move on. <laughs> um, that goes without saying any uh, any mention of the loss of uh, electrical power. Yeah, destroying a dam of that magnitude. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. actually, the what I th- saw the dam only provides electricity to something like seventy million people in China. Oh, geez, only that many. Yeah, you know, a war crime for sure, but we're talking about ruling China here. They wouldn't worry about it, that's for sure. <laughs> There's so many people in China, 1.4 billion people. Fuck, I'd be way more worried about uh, political instability at that point. Forget the people. They can starve. <laughs> Brutal. Easy there, Mao. That's what it is. <laughs> that's how they'll fucking do it. If you were in the spot of top dog, that's how you would react too. For all oh, men are uh, evil. See, I, I wouldn't because I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in that position he's, because I'd never react like that. You're right. You're not. Uh, you're not lizard-like enough to ascend to a position like that. No, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna get killed. A human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lizard enough, but I damn well am warm enough. Mm-hmm. Put me mm-hmm. back in the ground. Um, we still love you, even though you're a worm, DJ. Thanks. Did we want to do the <laughs> Either movie you reviews? Seen, uh, any good dirt lately? Speaking of movies, <laughs> either of you seen any good dirt lately? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I saw two bits of dirt. Um, well, we're we're on the topic of uh, uh, global annihilation, so uh, maybe yeah. maybe let's start with Barbie. <laughs> I knew yeah. that's what you were doing. <laughs> no, let's start with uh, let's start with Oppenheimer because I'm uh, I honestly know nothing about the film, and I'm pretty curious as to. Julian's take here. Oh wait, you didn't see it either. No, nope. I'm the only one who saw yeah. it. Yeah. Oh okay. It's fine. Okay. Thanks, Julian. Uh, <laughs> this has on. been our segment with Julian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's like both movies. Both of them were pretty much just exactly what I expected them to be. Mm. You know, like I, I'm not really sure why we're still talking about them. Like I don't feel like they're that important. We're talking about them because everyone else is talking about them. It's water cooler effect. Um, I guess. They're both sub-average from what I can... I haven't seen either, but from what I can glean. Uh, How did they deal with the socialist uh, implication of Oppenheimer? Well or not well, do you think? Uh, I mean, they made it pretty clear that he had leftist... He was a socialist. um, They made it clear. Tendencies. Yeah, good. Well, no, because he makes it very clear he never got a card. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, he did about just about everything else. I've seen the uh, the meme. It's Matt Damon saying something like, he's a known communist. Like, it's fucking yeah. pretty creepy. Matt Damon's pretty funny in that movie. Yeah. Not funny, but he's good. Uh, who was Robert Downey Jr. in that film? Oh, wait, I've heard this before. He's he, he's some guy who was in the military and then was in politics and head of the atomic energy and responsible for the, yes. the H-bomb, right? Um, maybe I didn't get the impression. I like everything except the H bomb. Yes, I mean he, the H bomb. They associate more with another character. The H bomb isn't that. Both, in fact, are just fucking caveman technologies. They make it seem like it's so complicated, but like fire bullets <laughs> of uranium at block of uranium 
for that's an A-bomb, right? That's how an atom bomb works. Just fire bullet of yeah. uranium at block of uranium. And then for an H-bomb, it's like use special fuel while firing block at <laughs> of uranium at bullet of uranium. It's just then the, the fuel turns the fusion into fission or whatever the other way around. It's just like, damn, that was not as hard as I thought it was. I don't know. I'm sure the math and how they figured it out was hard, but like not a super complicated fucking design. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? I think it's I think it's still one of the most complicated things we do to this day. Uh, and I think it was one of the most complicated things ever done at the time. Ah, uh, heavy water and all that shit. We could have figured it out. Isotopes. <laughs> yeah, you and I. We could have figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> no no there's something problem. I'd like to say. Get you two and like in like a a farmyard backyard. Need a blackboard. Yeah, with yeah. a blackboard. <laughs> Summer's day. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, good luck. Good luck handling fission. I'll be back in a few hours to check on you. And basically, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, what's what's his name? I uh, Einstein had uh, laid it all out in that letter to uh, Roosevelt. Right? We we can do this. This is how it's done. They didn't they didn't have to fuck about with too much. They were just worried about lighting the sky on fire, from what I can recall. Yeah, I thought the big deal was they were worried it was going to make a black hole or some shit. No, light the atmosphere no, on fire is what they're oh, doing. That's CERN you're thinking of. Oh, yes. Yeah, the uh, the big the kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope? <laughs> the, large ha- the Large Hadron Collider. The kaleidoscope. Uh, the kaleidoscope. The kaleidoscope. That's, that is very good. If it doesn't get renamed to that, I'm suing. <laughs> that's going to be this episode title, actually. Uh, even though this episode has nothing to do with the Large Hadron Collider. The Large Hadron the Large Hadron Kaleidoscope. It's good. Um, I think they should do that as a tourism stunt, really. It's, that would be It's great. like you go there and they have these special kaleidoscopes that let you see uh, subatomic particles. A kaleidoscope that's 27 miles long and entirely <laughs> underground. Okay. Uh, uh, la- last question on Oppenheimer, and then we'll we'll move on. The uh, How did they handle the... Uh, the scene with the president where he was like, I, I don't remember what the exact quote is. What I've heard the quote is, is something like, uh, never bring that fucking pussy in here again or something like that. How what? Yeah. It was, that, it was, that was pretty much what he said. It was okay. Don't let that crybaby in here. Again yeah. I knew they'd blunt it. There, there's no actual quote on what, uh, president Truman said. It's just apocryphal or not apocryphal. It's attributed to him. Someone heard him say it and they're, they're quoting it. And that's the only source we have. So he can't remember exactly what he said. And so there's a whole bunch of different interpretations of what he said. And that's one of the uh, way nicer ones. Uh, and my favorite is never bring that fucking pussy in here again. I killed those people. Me. Right. Like, <laughs> and, um, because it makes my spine shingle like, Oh, <laughs> that guy's scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. The whole movie seemed unnecessary to me. Like it, it looks like it is, it has triggered the, the fascists into being like, that's fucking awesome. That's so cool. Like, and like, awesome. Great, great political project. I'm sure. I don't know how. I'm sure Nolan sees it as some comment on superhero movies and his role in destroying cinema, but you got to think about what you're actually doing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I did enjoy it, mm-hmm. just because, um, you know, William Murphy does a pretty good job with it. I think I called it Old Sheldon on a 
<laughs> was it our last episode? That's really funny because like, he's super autistic, right? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. He's got just kind of has the same mannerism. It's what you'd expect old Sheldon to look and act like. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. Just kind of enjoyed it as a commentary on how people view those. Um, I guess maybe neurodivergent people. Yeah. Because mm. he doesn't really get along with anybody. Like he is isolated the whole time in a way that's kind of interesting. But Yeah, I know the feeling. Uh, <laughs> I also look through people when I'm talking to them too. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think that you... concludes my review of Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> All Sorry, right, DJ. well, I'll, I'll continue with Julian's then if that's how you're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> how would you compare it to uh, Avatar 2? Oh. Um... Well, obviously, I liked Avatar 2 better. Okay. It started all the whales rioting. True. But... Yeah. It started the gale, sorry, the gale, the whale gang movement. <laughs> the, the one thing I really, one other thing I really liked about um, uh, Oppenheimer was how how it sounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Uh, the bomb. There's a lot of, like, just silent parts mm. followed by enormously loud parts. Mm. And sometimes the silence is, you know, definitely somebody staring off somberly, or maybe you're looking at a mushroom cloud or whatever. And then the thun- the loud parts are like somebody, like a very loud lawyer, or all these people like cheering for Oppenheimer. I don't know. It, it was a nice, uh, um, I don't know, a nice way to break up. I wonder if that's movie. a bit of a commentary on the neurodivergent aspect that yeah. you mentioned, the overstimulus of the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there are part, there are a couple scenes where he's like, it does appear like he's being overstimulated, partially because the bomb just went off over Hiroshima, mm-hmm. but also because he doesn't like being in a loud room full of people. Probably. Uh, I saw a great meme about Oppenheimer that it was like, uh, it was a soy wojack interpretation of uh, Oppenheimer. And the the comment was something like, when your Jap vaporizer 7000 yeah. works or something like that. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oppenheimer, you're never going to believe what they just used the Jap Melter 5000 to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so fucking gross. And uh, you know what? I, I, I got to spoil the, the Barbenheimer ja- Japanese thing right now. Anyways, the, the, apparently on Japanese Twitter, they were really offended about the Barbenheimer phenomenon. And that, like, oh, yeah. how could you, like, make light of something that was so serious, you know what I mean, for our uh, our people, right? And so they made a whole bunch of uh, Barbie 9-11 tweets that then instantly blew up in the United <laughs> States because they love 9-11 <laughs> tweets, right? <laughs> they love 9-11 yeah. memes. Um, yeah. And then my favorite, my most favorite meme that I saw about Oppenheimer was that some guy who was white went and saw it in South Korea. And that the theater cheered when Hiroshima was hit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, different interpretations for uh, all kinds of folks. <laughs> That's art for you. Speaking of, let's hear from our resident artist on what they thought of Barbie. Um, it was fine. Oh, I fucking hate yeah. you. How dare you open the same <laughs> way? <laughs> you had ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got, uh, I got. Now we we got ten more minutes to talk about. Uh... Nothing yet. Nothing on Barbie. Um, They're just movies. 
Okay, that, Sorry, that's DJ, a bit please harsh. Please I, I did enjoy Barbie more than the average film. Mm -hmm. But I think the big takeaway... Personally, I, I feel like the film juggled too much. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, I agree with you. He, uh, there was a lot of... Um, Here's a, here's a bit of an anecdote to exemplify my point of view. Um, there's a scene in the back half of the film where they suddenly break out into a dance number. Nice. Beautiful choreography, hilarious comedic timing. Um, Is this the, the fight between the Ken? Yeah, the Ken fight. And okay. um, just a brilliant scene. And, and the, the film is throughout, you know, uh, visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, everyone in the theater, not everyone, a lot of people in the theater were laughing and having a good time and enjoying the comedy, but I was sitting there too wrapped up in the <laughs> meta layer of the film's commentary to enjoy yeah. the present moment. Gotcha. Yeah, agreed. The film was blasting all of this rhetoric, which I don't think is bad, but it didn't narrow in on anything enough for me to go, ah, yes, this, it, this applies to these scenes in this manner. Yeah. And so I just, I didn't really enjoy the viewing experience, nor did I come out of the theater. Um, you know, with, uh, with, a, with a new, a fresh perspective. Yeah. Well, I assume that whatever kind of critique that they could offer you, you already know. And but like, was there a, was there anything good? I heard the the Ken subplot was not bad. I uh, the Mojo Dojo Paradise of Women. That's you know that's not a bad critique either. It it's was, all just uh, no good for you though, eh? No, no, I I don't want to come off sounding like I didn't enjoy it. I think it was a it was a very good film. I think in its regards to um its more analytical points uh it would definitely you know it's something you'd need to rewatch and mm. maybe stew on agreed but as a as a uh, and unfortunately i didn't go into the film with my brain off but i feel mm. like if if you just went into the film to have a good time to watch a movie then it's a spectacular um action comedy uh, you know there was there was a lot there to feast on but i i think it just it just did too much there wasn't there wasn't any you know obviously it uh, it was very focused on uh feminism and um the patriarchy and misogyny and whatnot but it i, I felt like there was never a point where i was i was honed in uh, the film, the film pointed the finger at these things and said, "Ah, look at them." But it never, then never satisfied you. It well, never it never, it never, critique. it never made a, a remark. It just said, yeah. "Ah, look at it," and I went, I "Okay, see. I'm looking. What, what is your opinion on this film?" And yeah, it, it, it obviously casts misogyny and the patriarchy as terrible things, which they are. But it never, there's never a comeuppance. I think is is really what it comes to. Yeah. Not yeah, even okay. for There's no prescription. Yeah. I gotta watch the movie. Um, it's hard to, right? And I think we need, all three of us need to preface this by saying that there's obvious bias into 
get to the core of the film with its female gaze is pretty much impossible for the three of us because we're that's fair we're three yeah. dudes who are dumb big caveman yeah. um no but i appreciate your uh your perspective on it i assumed it would be a, a shallow critique or even if there was a critique i, I think you've cemented where i'm I, at i think uh, there could be something I, I don't know there's there's like a layer there that you could dust off and find more meat inside mm-hmm. but uh I, to put it one way i'm looking forward to the uh video essays on barbie yeah same <laughs> jesus um that's a psychotic uh, but uh, I, I just feel like people who are who are it's too dense yeah exactly people who are people are going to parse this and interpret it in a way that i will then see and go oh yes i do remember that that is an interesting perspective and one that i agree with because i shared that experience thank hmm. you you're smarter than me and i lack the yeah. depth and the cognition to interpret my meanings in such a <laughs> a to b format thank you ew i uh, imagine getting your opinions from someone else and not you know having to have your own gosh <laughs> You expect uh, me to think for myself in this day and age? I don't. That's not what capitalism for, taught me. Nobody thinks for themselves, but you're supposed to form a constellation that is uniquely yours from your collection of things that you've seen. Right? <laughs> to just already know that you're gonna go look at some fucking YouTuber's video blog is not a an authentic no, constellation. I disagree. The stars are all there, brother. That's yeah, they're all there. You just I I did the same thing when I got out of the theater. I was like, I would like to read some kind of dissection of this because or you know, it, i can't apply all of the theory i'm aware of to just it at here once. i don't know like a synopsis or the, the, the director's take on what they were trying to get across would be enlightening yeah well yeah i don't know if i'd want to hear the artist's view on it what? i never want to i never ever want to hear the artist's view on their art in fact that is but, literally the only one nope. that you should go huh that's valid. Nope. <laughs> Never. I uh, I think they are uniquely denied from having an ability to see what they've created. They're oracles. They, they're prophetic. The, the gestalt speaks through them. Uh, we talked about Cezanne uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, was that the dude was... with the bowl of fruit? Yes. He's, uh, he's important to art history, but he wasn't important to art at the time. And it's because... Uh, he influenced a whole bunch of people later, right? But Cezanne is an eye, is the w- um, way people like to say that the, the way he viewed the world is the way he painted. And because of the way he did that, people had the freedom to interpret the world differently. Really cool. But anyways, all artists, completely fucking unable to comment on their own work. And in fact, any commenting of their own work shuts off the, the universe of possibilities that the work opens up. It's... Well, you can still disagree with that. Yeah, right? That's easy. And that in itself <laughs> is an interpretation. All right. I mean, I, I am... Here's, here's my favorite part of the movie. Sure. They, uh, there's a car chase mm-hmm. where uh, Barbie's being chased by agents of Mattel. Uh-huh. And DJ, sure. refresh my memory here. Does anything interesting happen during that car chase? Um, there is one funny quip that the uh, that the mother and daughter share during that scene. 
Right. There's a couple quips and like an SUV drives over a curb mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the entire car chase. Yeah, there's one scene where they double back down an alley, you know, the old yeah. the old trope uh to lose yeah. one of the SUVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, and I don't know. I was just struck by that. I was like, why would you have a car chase? But like, I mean, this is the male gaze coming out of me. Mm-hmm. There's no explosions, there's no guns, there's no damage to the vehicles even. I just, I felt like I was watching a car commercial. And then mm-hmm. I was vindicated sitting in the hospital a little while later for something unrelated. Um, I'd hope it was unrelated. I, I see there, an ad for, I think it's the Chevy Blazer, which is what they drove right. in that movie. Yeah. It's using just footage from the film. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you did, you shot this like a car commercial. For your corporate sponsor, didn't you? Quite likely. Like, I, I, I'd like to cut in there and say, yes, all of the decals and the car types are very visible during that car chase. Yeah. Something yeah, I was actively trying very to Very clear. That's greater <laughs> evidence for the tepidness of the artist's uh, critique, if there is well, one at all for feminism there, right? This, that's what I'm afraid of, because it's so overt. I feel like it may have been deliberate. Probably. Oh, jeez. Meta. I'm not dealing with meta. Uh, can, I, uh, can I share with you uh, some favorite memes I had of the the Barbie uh, Please. experience? Someone had taken uh, reviews by right wingers who hated it mm. and posted them in like a nice pink Barbie font and uh, uh, like as Barbie ads, and they just read hilariously, like uh, something like "This will destroy the nation and turn us all into homosexuals." <laughs> come watch barbie 2023 <laughs> the uh the, this is the this is a perverse dream of women dominating men that all uh females will s- soon aspire to if we don't crack down come see barbie 2023 <laughs> jesus <laughs> it was really good it was really getting good. people on board the good way yeah. stomp at the fascists yeah. with a slightly left-leaning mm-hmm. liberal piece of media Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say there? I remember they did something similar. Not they, more so the internet when uh, Turning Red came out. Uh, oh, yeah. it was just there was this whole there was this whole doesn't sound as aesthetic, but it was kind of a subgenre to just take all these like hyper Christian anti reviews, and uh, there was a lot of them going on uh, going around with uh, voice actors. Popular voice actors would read them in uh, that's awesome. yeah, just like stupid voices. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's a that's magical, right? That's fighting fascism, right there. Yep, the ability to laugh, the uh, like the ability to point at fascism and bully it. Mm-hmm. That's a good tactic. Yeah, need more of that. Um, so I think I'll switch gears for the last five minutes here. It's a good place to insert this bit. And I think we're wrapping Barbie up pretty well here. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, credit agency Fitch downgraded the United States last week from a triple A to a double A plus. Oh, <gasps> it's, it's, uh, uh, go ahead. I'm not going to panic until I hear what Abercrombie does. Hey everybody. This is Julian and post. It looks like we're all going to have to wait and see what Abercrombie says because Jacob somehow lost the back six minutes of this episode. So here's uh, just the funny little ending where I try to say something genuine and DJ doesn't expect me to. 
And uh, yeah, good night. Nice. Told me to go pick flowers. (laughs) 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 All right. Anything else, Julian? Nice. Um, we're not transphobic. We're trans allies. We support trans people so much, and all the LGBTs, Qs, and stuff. Yeah. So don't be upset. We're just stupid. They really are. They're just stupid. Just forgive them. Me blowing bubbles though. I'm cool.